Thank you, Elliot. Good morning, everyone. Awesome day, isn't it? Yeah, I was telling somebody, this Minneapolis, Minnesota cold is uh, a little different. It's a little different. It's uh, when it hurts to go outside is when you know you've, uh, you've come to a new place. Uh, so thank you all for being so welcoming <laughs> to me. Uh, uh, we, we're grateful that we have a warm, wonderful building God has blessed us with, but we're also more impressed with the warmth of the Holy Spirit who moves from heart to heart and who is here right now. And so we want to take some time to invite him in and to reverence his name and to seek his face uh, as we get ready for today's uh, message. So would you join me in prayer? Father, thank you so much for another wonderful day. The sun is shining, and you woke each and every one of us up this morning. Thank you for the breath in our bodies. Thank you for the beating of our heart. Thank you for the activity of our minds and our limbs that we were able to join together in community today. Would you please meet us here? Would you please do something special today? Would you please reach us in our hearts and our minds right where we need? Give us the word that we stand in need of today. God, would you use my words and use my presentation for your glory. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. How many of you would prefer to be alone? Don't raise your hand if you're next to your partner. Please don't. <laughs> don't look at them either. Just keep your eyes on me. Uh, you know, being alone, you know, sometimes has its perks. Doing stuff alone, right? You don't know how valuable grocery shopping is alone until you have kids. Have you taken your child into a grocery store? They want everything on the shelf, and you just get so frustrated. It's like, no, no, we didn't come here for all of the sugary cereals on the, on the shelf, No. But some things are good alone. Some things are, are really good to do alone. alone. Some things are, are like reading a book, going for a nice long walk, you know, praying sometimes is great alone. There's a lot of things that are great to do alone. But the danger is when we do everything alone. When we try and do everything alone, lift the heavy weights of life alone, uh, uh, we get overwhelmed, we get tired, we slow down. It's not helpful to our pace in life to do everything alone. Sometimes we can interrupt our own pace by trying to do everything on our own. And this pandemic has shown us that uh, being socially isolated is really not good for our well-being. Being socially isolated can lead to depression. Socially, uh, social isolation could lead to uh, uh, obesity, overeating. It could lead to uh, 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 dementia. I was looking at a study, a uh, 2020 study by Consensus Study Report. It showed that social isolation significantly increases a person's risk of premature death. I said, dang, it's that bad? It's that bad. It increases your risk of heart attack by 29%. Just being socially isolated. It also increases your risk of stroke by 32%. Social isolation is just as bad as smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. 
I, that study blew my mind. But maybe you're choosing to socially isolate yourself because of the pandemic, because of all the stuff that's going on. I get it, right? Omicron is, is no joke. It's spreading more rapid than any other variant. I, I, I don't blame you if you want to lock yourself in a room and throw away the key and just pray for a better tomorrow, right? I, I don't blame you for that. But maybe you've socially isolated yourself from your family during this time. Maybe you, you've, uh, uh, you need a break from all the stuff and chaos that's going on, all the stuff that's on the news, and now you're spending more time on your phone than you do with your spouse. Maybe, maybe you're socially isolating yourself in your own home and you're spending more time w- with that substance than with your kids. Sometimes we socially isolate ourselves by, by, by not calling our friends as regular as we used to. I was talking to a lady this, uh, this past week who told me that, uh, yeah, I, my best friend, you know, during this pandemic, I, I used to call her all the time. But since, you know, we've been socially isolated, I, I, I've been uh, 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 calling her less. And then that weekly call turned into a monthly call. And now it's been about three months. Right? Space has come, not intentionally, but uh, it just works on us and it creeps in on us sometimes. Uh, Maybe you're unsure about all of this Christianity stuff. Maybe you see the church's response to all of the the, the challenges that we see on the news and uh, you're like, I don't even know if I want to be a part of that type of organization. Who would blame you from wanting to distance yourself from the church in this day and time. But I think God makes a great observation about humanity. In Genesis chapter number 2, verse 18, he makes a stunning observation that I think will speak to us today. He says something about each and every one of us that we need to pay close attention to right here, right now, in this day and age. He says, it's not good for us to be alone. God makes that observation about humanity, that he created us, and the first time that he said something was not good was when he looked at man and said, it's not good for you to be alone. You see, everybody needs somebody. We all need somebody whether it's a somebody uh, face-to-face or whether it's a somebody on a Zoom call or, or on a phone call or FaceTime or whatever. We all need social connection. I was talking to a young lady who was, uh, this was last week, she was incredibly hurt by a pastor, incredibly in her young days hurt by a pastor. And she still believed in Jesus, but she said she made a determination in her life that she was going to do this Christianity thing alone. She said, I, her quote was, I don't need anybody. I'll follow Jesus by myself. Have you ever felt like that? I'll just follow Jesus by myself. She went on to tell her story about uh, one day she connected with these, this group of people. They became her friends, and they invited her to a vineyard church. And she's like, no, I don't need to go to church. They kept inviting her. She eventually went. She went to the church, and she said it was really weird, man, those vineyard people. (laughs) 
She said they, they were so nice, and, and, and they were just so friendly, and, and then they just, they just like, were, were all up on each other, like they were family or something. She was like, that was just, like, too weird. But she decided to come back another week, and then she came back another week, and now she's a member of that church, and she's learned that she can't do this life alone. Today, we want to talk about overcoming isolation. We want to overcome isolation. All of us, in some area of our lives, we, we may be here with a person, but we might be isolating from the rest of the world. We might be isolating. We might just be here in show. And when we get home, we go to our separate rooms. We want to talk about or look at a, a character in Scripture who chose to socially isolate. A, a character in the Scripture who, who uh, uh, didn't want to be around the people who God was leading him to be around. And this guy's name is Jonah. Jonah. If you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to follow along in Jonah chapter number one. We're going to read most of that first chapter, but we also have it up on the screens for you. You see, in this book of Jonah... He uh, is the depressed Old Testament prophet. He, he chooses to socially isolate himself by rejecting the groups that God sends his way. He rejects the people that God puts in his path. And he actually gets mad at God and mad at people. Actually, the way the, the book ends, we're not going to read the end of the book, but what I, what I would suggest you do is at the, when you get home today, read the whole book of Jonah. It's only four chapters long. It's really short. Uh, but at the end of the book, he doesn't learn his lesson. He, he, at the end of the book, the end of his life, really, is, it doesn't talk about his death, but he ends his life in depression. He ends his life in isolation. He ends his life mad at people and mad at God because he never listened to God. And connect it with the people that God led him to. So let's read chapters, chapter number one, verse one through three. It says, but Jonah ran away from, no, that's not verse one. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. Because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He was like, I'm out like Antonio Brown. I quit. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. I love the way that Jonah opens up his own story. With this line, he says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Right? The word of the Lord came to Jonah. See, in the vineyard, we believe that God still speaks to us today. We believe that he speaks to us because he loves us. And he will speak to us in a variety of ways. Matter of fact, uh, Job chapter 33 verse 15 on down tells you about all the different ways that God can speak to you today. We believe that God will speak to you through a word. We believe that God can speak to you through other people. We believe that God can speak to you from, through a picture, a vision, or a dream. In a variety of ways, we don't limit God. But the word of the Lord came to Jonah. You know, I have to admit, sometimes I'm looking for a word from God. 
Sometimes I'm looking for a word from the Lord. I'm looking for something that's so incredibly out of this world. I'm looking for something that's going to blow my mind. I'm asking God, God, will you give me something that is incredibly profound, that's going to uh, 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 excite me, that's going to be beyond measure. God, would you give me a word that's strong enough to just shake me out of my socks? God, could you give me something that's, that's that powerful? And in true God fashion, He'll drop something on me so hard that's incredibly simple. Incredibly simple, just like he does here with Jonah. The word that he drops on Jonah is incredibly simple and incredibly common, but it is incredibly powerful. It is so powerful that it transforms people's lives. It's so powerful that it goes to transform a whole city. It's so powerful that it transforms a government. It transformed the most powerful people and all the people of a land. He tells Jonah to go. Like, God, is that it? Go. He tells us. The same thing. If you fast forward to the New Testament, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Jesus tells each and every one of us, what is our assignment? What what are you supposed to do? You and I are supposed to go. Go and make disciples of all nations. He tells Jonah to go and preach to this group of people. Now, I think that this is important when we talk about social isolation because The first thing that we can do, I think that's very important for us to do to overcome social isolation is to listen and obey. Listen to what God has to say and actually do it. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you this year? about how you can be more connected to people, how you can uh, uh, make your life even better, how you can uh, uh, move forward with the goal that he's placed on your life. What is he even speaking to you right now? Are you listening? We have to open our ears and listen to what the Holy Spirit is up to. And when he tells us, We take action on it. We move in that direction. You see, it's just like parents. Those of us who are parents, we know how this is. We know we have a great illustration of this. Because all we want from our kids is for them to listen and obey. That's all we want. Whatever they want to be in life, they can be whatever they want to be in life. But we know that they don't know anything. They think they know it all. They don't know. They don't know. And when I was a child, when you were a child, you thought you knew everything. You didn't know. You didn't know. Your parents just wanted you to listen to them because they had some experience that they wanted to impart to you. They knew something. They had something that they just wanted to give to you that they wanted you to carry with you. That would help you, to grow you, to make you better than they were, to make you the best that you could ever be. The question is, are we listening to our parents then and today? Are we listening to what God is saying to us? And then will we be obedient to whatever he's saying? 
And we're going to be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to us in this new year. I believe that God is moving each one of us into the same thing that he's moving Jonah into. I think that it's the same thing. Uh, and, and we're going to get deeper into these scriptures now. He's saying here to Jonah that he wants him to not only listen and obey, but he wants him to connect. He wants him to connect with others, to connect in a community. He tells Jonah to go to this great city. God gave Jonah this command because he wanted Jonah to connect with a specific group of people. A specific group of people he wanted Jonah to connect with. Not just any group of people. And this was not a group that he would have naturally leaned toward. These were the Ninevites. This, this were, the Ninevites, uh, Nineveh was the capital city of Assyria. The Assyrians were I Israel's enemy. Uh, the, the Assyrians uh, didn't play any games. You, you knew when the Assyrians came to your town because they left uh, 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 their calling card, which they believed in decapitation, and they would stack up people's, yeah, and say, we were here, so watch out. And Jonah is like, God, you want me to go talk to them? Are you serious? <laughs> Do you really want me to go and hang out with these people? God said, yes. Because a word from you will transform their lives. I, I want you to be in community and connect with these people because I have a greater plan. I have a greater plan for these people, and you're a part of that plan. Jonah didn't want any part of that plan. What he wanted God to do was he wanted God to punish those people. <laughs> he said, God, no, I don't want any part of this. I want you to destroy those people, God. Don't, don't, don't you hear my prayer? These are the evil people, God. These are the mean people. Uh, do y'all know any evil people, any mean people that you want God to punish? You secretly playing, God, God get them, please. <laughs> I, I want you to, God, don't you see what they're doing? Man, don't you see how bad they hurt me or how bad what they did to my family or, or the laws that they pass and the disenfranchised people or, or, or God, don't you see? I was talking to, I won't say who it is. I was talking to somebody and they were like, man, I wish God would just destroy such and such politician because look at how they treating people. And I said, ma, is that, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't supposed to say ma. <laughs> I said to this person, <laughs> You're supposed to love everybody. <laughs> Good, she doesn't listen to this. Uh, she watched the video. The video's already recorded. So don't tell her when you meet her. Jonah wants to nothing to do with this, and so what does he do? He runs away. He socially isolates himself. He disappears. He gets lost. Jonah's name actually means dove. Dove. A dove is a bird. What do birds do at the first sign of trouble? They get to flying. He's properly named for what he goes through in his life. And so 
He tries to get as far away as he can. Now, God is saying that I want you to connect with these people. If you just connect with these people, their lives are going to be transformed, and your life will be better for it. Let's look at the rest of this chapter, and I'm going to read verses 4 through 12. So bear with me. Follow along with me. Uh, I'm going to read this long passage of Scripture, but I think it's a great story to tell. Verse 4, then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea. A such and such a, a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea light, to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. He isolated himself from the crew. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who's who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and a lot, the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us. Who's responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Even in his disobedience, God gives Jonah, watch this, another chance to connect with another group of people. You see, he, he gives him another chance to connect with this group of sailors, and he still chooses to isolate himself. He, he had this great opportunity to connect with this group in prayer. They invited him to their prayer meeting. But he said, no, 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 I don't want anything to do with this. This group was going the wrong way. This group was not the initial group that he had chosen for Jonah. This group didn't have a connection to the true God, but yet they wanted to invite Jonah in to their situation. As we overcome any isolation in our lives, it's not about just jumping into the first group that's available and, and thinking that everything will be okay. It's not about just jumping on the next ship that goes by. It's not about joining a, a group in the church just because there's a group that's in the church. What I'd ask you to do is do your homework. Ask questions. Investigate any group that you want to be a part of before you join in that group. You see, all groups are not for you, but more importantly, you're not for all groups. 
God should be working in your decision. Whatever group you choose to be with, God should be in that decision. We should invite God into those decisions, even if the decision process is uncomfortable. You see, he should be guiding our process. These sailors on this boat saw that this was not a natural disaster. They saw it was a storm, but they knew it was a spiritual disaster that they were in the middle of. They knew that something else was going on, that it wasn't just a regular storm. And so what did they choose to do? They chose to pray. How wise is that? Have you ever tried to pray in the middle of your disaster? Sometimes we, we run to every other choice before we look to God first. But sometimes... The challenges in your life are not caused by something that you did. Sometimes they're caused by the person that you allowed on your boat. Who's the Jonah on your boat? Who's the person that you've allowed in? And every time they come around, a storm starts brewing. Who's the person in your contacts that you need to delete right now? Because they're slowing you down or preventing you from being all that God has called you to be or pursuing all that God has asked you to pursue. Who's the person on social media that you need to just unfollow? Who's the person you need to block? Who's the person you need to kick off of your boat? Because every time they're there, they bring a storm. Don't let anyone drag you down by association. My mama used to teach me. Watch who you hang out with. Be careful of the groups that you join. Ask questions. Many times uh, we want God on our terms instead of the God who will determine the terms and determine our direction. And these sailors, they wanted that God. They wanted the God who was going to determine their outcome. They wanted this God. And they invited Jonah to show them this God. But Jonah didn't want anything to do with that. Listen, God loves you and me too much to let us run from what's best for us. He loves us too much to allow us to disassociate ourselves from what's going to help us, what's going to encourage us, what's going to support us, what's going to direct us. And so he will often, right, because he loves us so much, he will often, if we walk away, come after us. He will often reach out back out to us, and that reaching out to us often looks like a storm. When the winds and the waves are brewing in your life, seek God first. Ask him, what's up, God? What are you up to? What are you trying to direct? What are you trying to say? What's really going on in this situation? Not cussing and fussing because something's not going your way. God, what are you doing? Even when experiencing 
our most challenging situations in life. Maybe you're going through divorce right now. Maybe you, are, uh, uh, you have a health condition that, that the doctors can't do anything about. Maybe uh, you are being bullied on social media. Maybe things uh, legally are just not going your way. Maybe uh, uh, you're having mental health uh, challenges and issues and you don't know what to do. Maybe this pandemic has just run its course on you and you're just exhausted. God wants us, no matter what we're in, to connect with a group of people. He doesn't want us to go through the storm alone. He wants you and me to be in community. Community is absolutely the, one of the most important things that we can have, that we can surround ourselves with. Because in community, we find encouragement. In community, we find help. In community, we find resources. In community, we find love. And that can help us get through the storm. When I was in uh, Syracuse, I went to Syracuse University, uh, and I was working on my MBA, and uh, I got connected with this great group of students. It, they were wonderful. We had so much in common. We would go out to eat together. We even traveled abroad together uh, for, for classes and stuff, and, and we, we just enjoyed each other's company. We got to know each other. We got to love each other. Uh, over the three years that I was there, it was a really great uh, uh, connection, great community. One day, one of our people in our cohort, her dad passed away in the middle of a semester. And so what did we do? We surrounded her with love. We sent her flowers. We sent her cards. We just showed her how much we loved her. We, we, we even helped her with homework and, and projects. And, and our motto was cooperate to graduate. We're going to do this together. I don't know how you know, legal that was, but uh, we... We looked out for each other. <laughs> and she appreciated. She graduated. Uh, actually, she graduated a year before me. I was the one left behind a little bit. Uh, but, <laughs> but after I graduated, after my graduation, my dad died. And guess who drove all the way to Baltimore to come and support me? to come and help me, to come and be there for me, to come and hug me. It was that young lady that we helped out in her time of need. You see, community is so valuable, but it is reciprocal. It's not a I take, I take, it's all for me. What can I get out of this deal? Community, in God's sense, is you bring something, and they bring something, and that makes us whole. He said we have all things in common. Right? We share, and that's what helps us to move forward, to be all that God has created us to be. So listen, we need to listen and obey to God, uh, listen and obey God. We need to connect in community. That means we need to surround ourselves with authentic relationships, surround ourselves with those who love us, surround ourselves with people who will keep us accountable. We don't like that, right? Surround ourselves with people who will keep us accountable, people who we can be transparent around, people who we can be vulnerable around, and that will help to build our relationships. God may be uh, using a storm to wake you up, 
He may be using this pandemic to wake you and I up to the need to be in community with him, number one, but in deeper community and fellowship with one another. I think that community and connecting with each other is incredibly valuable, but we have to be intentional about our connecting. So what's your next step? What's the next step for you to take away from this, to to go deeper, to be all that God has called you to be, to get deeper into community? Uh, Maybe uh, your next step today is to uh, uh, go deeper with the group that you're already with. Become more vulnerable instead of a surface relationship. Uh, Maybe your next step is to start a group right here in the church. Maybe you have a a specific skill or or, or a specific interest, and you can gather other people together that have that same interest, and y'all can grow together relationally and spiritually. Uh, Maybe you can connect with a group that we already have available. We have all of these group leaders here today. Thank you all for being here. And they will be here ready to talk to you about their group. You can get involved today. Maybe uh, your next step is to just get prayer. Maybe you feel lonely. Maybe you feel like you're lacking love. Maybe you feel distant or disconnected. And God is saying, I'm here for you today. Will you get prayer today? Will you take the next step that God is moving on your heart today, not tomorrow? Because it won't go away unless you take a step. So, Father, I pray for all of us that we would listen to your voice that we would be uh, more connected to you, most of all, but also more connected to each other. You told us the most important commandments are to love you and to love each other. Would you move us and motivate us to be what you're calling us to be, to do what you're calling us to do, to move in this direction that you're calling us to move in so we can be the loving community that you're calling us to be. Thank you, God, for mercy and continue to grow our. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Worship team, you can come forward. And as the worship team comes, would you take some time now to uh, reflect on what God is doing in your life? What is, he, what is the Holy Spirit speaking in your life right now? What is a next step that you could take to be closer to God and to be closer to each other in community? How is he uh, motivating you to be a great family member as you continue to be a part of a church family? Is he leading you to a small group today, to a group, a growth group, or some kind of group that will help you to get closer to him? I would ask you to consider that as you worship Jesus today.